The following program is being brought to you on the Voice America Empowerment Channel. For more information about our network and to check out additional show hosts and topics of interest, please visit VoiceAmericaEmpowerment.com. The Voice America Talk Radio Network is the worldwide leader in live Internet talk radio. Visit VoiceAmerica.com. The views and ideas expressed on the following program are strictly those of the host or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by the Voice America Talk Radio Network, its staff, and management. Welcome to Raising the Bar with your host, Amy Bredo. Do you ever listen to that inner voice? The one that tells you that you can achieve great things just by giving yourself a little push? Making that voice heard is what this show is all about. What if you could turn your negatives into positives? You'll hear from others who have embraced that personal drive and will help you raise the bar. Now, here is Amy Bredo. Good morning. Happy Thursday. You are listening to Raising the Bar with me, Amy Bredo. And uh, you'll have to forgive me ahead of time. I'm fighting a little bit of a cold, so got some little uh, puberty-sounding Peter Brady voice this morning. Today I was thinking about what kind of topics I wanted to put on, and I had to bring on uh, today's guest. His name is Andrew Gordon, probably... One of the most interesting people I've ever met, and we had some similarities in our life as far as adoption and some artistic conversations that we had, and I just couldn't wait to introduce you all to him. Now, Andrew has probably had every job under the sun, and we'll talk about that. He is the owner of Bare Bones Choppers here in uh, Crystal Lake, Illinois. So if any of you are custom chopper people, you're going to want to check out his website, which we will talk about later. And Andrew, you're pretty much you know, a jack of, of all trades, or most of them, if, if not all of them. So I just wanted to welcome you to the program today, and thank you for taking the time to be with us. Thank you for having me. I appreciate it. Absolutely. Um, you know, in the in the few times we've gotten to really spend some time talking, you know, your uh, kind of presence and, and the aura that you put out is is very intriguing to me. And you're such an interesting person just from uh, the things that we've discussed to to your look. And by that, I mean, you have to understand, everybody, when I met Andrew, he had the coolest bracelet on. It was made from a fork. I could tell. And he was like, hey, I can whip up one of these for you. And I love it. It's great. Uh, he made one for me and a couple other people that I know. But what I didn't know was how um, well-rounded you were as a person. I know that sounds kind of like a weird thing to say about a stranger, but you know how sometimes when you just meet somebody, um, you know, you can just tell that they're interesting and you're so intelligent and creative. And I just really wanted to share a lot about that. But kind of in the first segment, you know, as I was thinking about the show, I was really um, thinking about adoption and some of the conversations that we've had and, some of the opportunities that you have coming up and it kind of kept bringing me back to the word identity and how we um, develop our identity, how we've always seen ourselves, what we thought we were going to do and what we transition to throughout our life sometimes are not in line with what's, with what's expected of us. And I just, I don't know how my mind kind of went there, but I thought that would be such an interesting thing to talk about. I know you and I, you know, I've shared with you um, my heart for adoption and that we've got an adopted son. And I really appreciated it when you just came out and said, like, hey, I'm adopted. And so is my sister. And I was really curious to ask you as, you know, an adult child that was adopted. I don't even know what the right word is for that. But could you would you mind sharing anything, you know, about your story or your point of view, um, maybe how in going back to identity, like how you grew up, like, did you, did you always know you were adopted for instance? Well, it was, it was later on that I was told and, um, probably in the early part of the teenage years. Oh, wow. And not, okay. knowing, and not knowing the difference, um, at any time prior to that, that you didn't know what to expect or, you know, think. And so I know in my situation, I had uh, I had an awesome uh, life as as a child, and uh, was able to. You know, my father owned a business in the masonry trade, and uh, 
the coldest month of the year was February. So ever since I was in grade school up until high school, we were able to go away for the entire month of February to Florida, and we would we would camp down there. We had a trailer that we would a travel trailer that we'd drive down there, and uh, we'd stay for the month. So I'd have to do my curriculum uh, from my school. Are you there, Andrew? Yes. I'm here. Okay, sorry, I lost you for a second. So that's interesting. So were you in public school or were you homeschooled? Public school. Okay, and they allowed you to leave for a month. That's amazing. Yeah. Where did you grow up? Uh, Algonquin area. Okay. And prior to to the Algonquin area, probably the first three grades, whether it be kindergarten, first, second, third, so before total, that uh, we were in a, uh, in Wisconsin, up okay. in the uh, Chippewa Falls area. Now, you were born in Wisconsin, correct? I think you had shared that with me. Is it, yeah, was, is it okay for me to share other things we've talked about off the air? No, it's still, I don't know. I, yeah, I just, I know you said I could ask you anything, but I wanted to be sensitive to it. The thing that, um, and I want to go back to, to your life, because... The reason I, I have some more questions for later, but so you were adopted at 18 months old. Is that correct? Yes. Okay. I like to, I like to kind of put this out there. I'm not, how old are you? Can I ask you that? <laughs> I thought you were pretty close, pretty close to my just, age, but. February 1st, I just turned 50. Oh my gosh. Okay. So when you guys see Andrew, first of all, he doesn't look 50. Not that I guess there's a look for 50, but anyway, good job because you look great. Um, You know, a lot of people aren't aware that back in the day, even though it's not that long ago, there were and still are in many respects orphanages in the United States. Now they're called group homes or we have foster care or we have sometimes whole communities that – displaced children are at being raised by families that live on the grounds. I know I have a lot of information about that for anybody that's curious. So you're adopted at 18 months old. You also have a sister. You're in Wisconsin the first few years of your life before you move to the suburbs of Chicago. And growing up, doing all these things and just living your life and going to Florida every February and everything, was there – I only ask these things because there's been all these shows on TV with you know different birth families – you're reuniting with people, but was there anything or any inkling that told you that you and your sister were adopted or when it came out? I'm just curious to know, did that change the way you viewed yourself or identified, um, even like self-identification or identified with your family? Because I would think for me, I would be like, well, is this, is this who I am? Do I really have this trait or characteristic? Because now I don't know. So I was just curious to how, how did that all come about where your parents decided that that was the time to tell you guys? Well, I can honestly say I don't remember the exact day okay. of time of, of having them tell me this, but I knew that I was, I knew that they said that they were going to wait after telling me that they wanted to wait until I could grasp oh. that. But I kind of, thought that something was a little different that you know there was no love or thought or any of that but just that uh, my sister who is not my biological sister her and I do truly look different right um, and so and I had some traits of my personality or my being let's say that was different than the unit the family unit there so I didn't know if I was like the the problem child or the different different person, but I just felt that I was, you know, the same, but different. If that's, if that's, if you could say that. It it does make sense. I'm just wondering, was it something that wasn't necessarily hidden from you guys? I'm just trying to understand because, you know, if you know, you look physically different from your sister, you have different traits. Was it something that you guys kind of always knew or your parents kind of assumed, or do you think it was kind of like a hush hush situation and like something happened that made them say like, Oh, Hey, we need to tell you this at some point, which also could be, I would think would be super confusing to a kid. Like, okay, they want to tell me this, but they're kind of telling me this, but now I'm supposed to wait until I can grasp it. Like what the heck? Well, I think, I think truly in the family unit that we had, the the honesty was always there. So if okay. if someone if someone was to ask you the question, I think it would have come out and it would have been more of a 
generic answer first, and then as you got older, it would be more of a definite and uh, specific kind of okay. answer and how, how it happened. So uh, I know that as I was growing up and then feeling this, and then after being told, then my sister, who was a year and a half younger than me, um, she wanted to find out as a older teenager to find out who her, her parents were, biological parents. And I, I saw the hurt in my uh, parents' eyes when she wanted to do that. Because I think they second-guessed all that they did. You know, wasn't it, wasn't it enough? But really, with her thought, it was that she just wanted to know if, if she had any health issues or what kind of people they were. Yeah, that that makes sense. It's interesting. You know, um, my son's situation w- was a, a lot different. Obviously, he's internationally adopted and had some really extreme circumstances. But I've even asked him, we've, we've gone through the gamut of emotion where initially he did not want to ever see him again. Then there was a period of time when he was about 12 or 13 where he thought he might want to find him. And then I asked him even last night um, in thinking about today, like, hey, would you ever want to find you know, your dad. And he's like, it was interesting to me because he's like, I, I have a dad. And I, and I love that. He said that, you know, about my husband, but I said, well, you know, would you want to find your birth dad? He's like, no, you know, I have a good life. And if I saw him again, I wouldn't be mean to him, but I, I feel like I have a really good life. And, and that's, you know, as a 20 year old, almost 20 year old, um, there's a lot of processing that still needs to be done. You know, he's, he's been here almost nine years, but excuse me, it was just an interesting answer that I didn't, that I didn't expect. And I, I have some other friends that are adopted and some of them have really wanted to find their biological parents or birth parents. And, and some don't, I guess from your parents' perspective, I can maybe understand they want to be enough. They love you guys, but um, you know, every family has issues. I think whether it's, I have biological children and an adopted child. So you know, every, every family has their stuff. But in that, that being said, when you said you, you couldn't decide if you were the black sheep or, or the problem child, what is that? Is it that you were a little fiery or you had kind of a bigger energy in you than maybe your parents or your sister? Well, I don't know what intrinsically was giving me this thought, but I loved to challenge Okay. And I mean, that could, you could use it as a good thing or a bad thing. You could take your strength and make it a weakness. You definitely could do that. But with me, even with building or, or looking at things or people's personality, to try to, why did they do it this way? Or why did they say it this way? And just learn. So I challenged my mind to learn all of my life. I don't care if it's oh, oh, the reason why someone would say something or handle a situation this way. I probably challenged it so that if they did it this way, let me just see what happens if you do it the opposite way or what the what I think, and try it that way. And you, sometimes you find out that you're definitely wrong, and sometimes you find out that maybe they could have handled it a different way and it would have worked out with similar circumstances or different. I feel like you. Worse. Oh, I'm sorry to interrupt you. I apologize. Uh, for, I, they, for, that it could be for better or worse that uh, the, the situation could be handled one way or the other. You know, that's an interesting perspective. And, and, and um, you know, looking at your resume last night, and I know you and I had joked about how your resume was like nine pages long <laughs> and you had to cut some things out of it. You know, it's, it's really a gift actually to have so many experiences in so many different areas. And uh, I, when we get back from the break in a few moments, it'll be interesting to talk about that because – you're sharing your, you know, your intelligence and your deep thoughts with all, with me and with all of our listeners. And it's, it's almost interest. It's very interesting to me actually that you um, aren't in psychology, you know, or some kind of of counselor. And I, and you know, we'll talk a little bit more about some speaking opportunities that you have because I think you really do have um, an analytical gift. And I would never have thought in my life that the gift to assess and analyze was in fact a gift at all. But as I've gotten older, I'm realizing that the less reactive I am and the better ability I have to assess, you know, makes me a better learner as well. So that's super interesting that you, you brought up some of those points. And I want to ask you a little bit more about 
your, you know, your education and kind of where you went with that. We are going to, um, now, Andrew, what's your website for your business? I want to make sure we talk about that too later, but what's the website address? Um, barebonechopper.net. Okay. It's chopper, not choppers with an S. Correct. Singular. Okay. Okay. So anybody who's listening out there, we're going to get to Andrew's path of, uh, how he got where he's at right now, but please, please check out Bare Bones. Is it Bare Bones Chopper? Bare Bones Chopper. Perfect. Dot net. Check it out because your mind is going to be blown. Um, We are talking to Andrew Gordon. You are listening to Raising the Bar, and we will be right back. Listening to Raising the Bar with Amy Bredo. We'd love to hear from you with any comments or questions about the show. The email address is amy.raisingthebar at gmail.com. That's amy.raisingthebar at gmail.com. Now, back to the show. And welcome back to Raising the Bar. We're talking to Andrew Gordon today. We're kind of just talking about identity and our life's path and how sometimes we start in one direction and then we end up in a completely different direction and how awesome that is not only for ourselves but for others. And, Andrew, we were just talking about, um, you know, assessing situations and, and challenging kind of, the you know, going against the grain a little bit. And that's kind of always been been my thing, unfortunately and fortunately. So, you know, in your upbringing in that, and again, you you have a very um, wise mind, I think, even as a kid. So would you say you were a, a really good student? Uh, you know what? I challenged, I challenged myself, um, and my biggest challenge in school was, believe it or not, English. Okay. Um. When I grew up in the Wisconsin area, they had this thing called this new way of reading, mm-hmm. and it was it was called sight reading. So you had to memorize words, right? And and that was that was tough because if you didn't necessarily know a word, you definitely mispronounced it because you'd go in your database of your mind and just blurt out something as you're reading it, and you could be totally wrong. I remember. Um, and this, I struggled. I was young when I was in Wisconsin and, and learning this new. So it, it was a carryover for me, even all through school. That uh, I, I would just, if I got nervous, I was reading out loud. I would just throw out a word in the back of my memory, and then it looked similar to it. And I'll give you a for instance. I was reading an oratory out loud, and I got to the word lamented. But the only word I knew wasn't lamented. It was laminated. Totally different. <laughs> totally different animal there so how how funny i felt afterwards knowing that the word was not correct because it didn't fit the sentence structure but yet you said it right so i really had to challenge myself uh to learn the pronunciation of words and i think that's probably why i think before i speak a lot of different ways because i have to make sure that i don't return back the old habits of just blurting out something that's just in my head. So when I say completely off the wall things, I can just blame it on my inability to sight read. I'm just kidding. You know, I I totally understand, you know, when, when you're under that kind of pressure as a kid, no matter what age you are, some people are just not comfortable standing up and, and reading and laminated and lamented, I think are actually two very easy words to mix up. So, you know, I, I get that. So, you know, knowing what I do about you, you were probably more of a math and science-minded individual. Is that true? Correct. Okay. So going, you know, growing up and having this, you know, relationship or family dynamic like you had in this, this area of self-challenge, what were your aspirations and goals as uh, a kid or a young adult versus maybe what they transferred to as you were going, you know, throughout your studies in college? Well, to give you a little background history of myself, as a kid, I would go to, like, the hardware store, and I would walk through aisles and just say, well, this is made for this, and this is made for this, and this one thing is made to do this. 
I would challenge myself as a kid just wondering how I can put things together and make something. And it was really weird. I mean, it, there's sometimes I've, I, I got myself into trouble because, you know, the, the, the little pipes that are threaded. As a kid, right. I remember putting my hand on top of one of the pipes and turning it like a screw where I cut my whole, you know, palm of my hand. So oh. there is... There's, there's positive things of learning, and there's also negative things. But I always loved to build things out of something that wasn't intended. I would find something, and I would try to repurpose it and create it in a different way. And I think that's what my father saw that in me. So when he had the masonry company, and of course, you know, he wanted to make sure that I was doing something in the summer when I was out of school, um, and he would take me to the job sites, and I would either clean up or I would pick up pieces of cut wire, because at that time we were doing custom homes okay. and doing the masonry on them. And so then I progressed from there, where then as soon as I graduated, that was my my job was to be a, a mason, installing block and brick and stone. So I learned it from him of having a business, and and I knew the background history of the construction industry, because as a kid, I was there on the site. And you were, you actually grew up in a great, great time of construction too. So that was really when the new home construction was booming, right? So you guys were probably very, very busy. Now, when you graduated from high school, did you know you were going to college right away or did you take some time off in between? No, I just, I filled my plate just as probably as much as I fill it now. Um, I was, you know, I took over my father's business when I was uh, in the middle, towards the end of college, because I I needed some extra cash. I definitely needed to do something to pay, you know, loans and stuff out. So I uh, took over that. So I I went to a predominant school, and it was worth its money, guaranteed. Um, and then I just progressed in that. You know, I have to say, you're probably... And I and I really value and like this about you, but I wanna I wanna share this anyway because I think it is such an accomplishment. You know, Andrew um, studied at Northwestern. <laughs> that's huge. You know, that's that's no small feat to anybody that's you know attempted to get into college. And so you studied engineering, correct? Correct. Okay, so you get you're partially you're almost through Northwestern while you're in college. You're taking over your father's business. Right. And then you still... I was, uh, I was 20, 26 years old. Awesome. So I okay. was I just, about, just about finished uh, all of my classes. I took a, quite a few, you know, electoral cl- classes too, but um, I, just, I, just, I just wanted to challenge myself. It was not easy, guaranteed. I, needed to, I knew I needed, and I don't think anybody was going to hire me right out of college. I mean, I knew that there were some people that were, but yet I had a job I could go to right away. So, and I knew, I knew how to build things just because of my degree and just because of challenging myself all of my life. I knew how to put together things. So it wasn't going to be that big of a stretch. Were you the kid making robots out of like the lawnmower and a speak and spell? <laughs> you know, and I'm being facetious when I say that, but you know, did you, were you the one that, you know, dad would be like, well, that's missing. So Andrew took it apart and, and build something interesting like from the things that you create right now and me seeing just the few pictures that you've shown me of some of the bikes that you've made and the artwork which is mind-blowing for me um I went to school for art that's what my degree is in and I'm not saying I'm the most you know the best artist in the entire world by any means uh but seeing what you have created is amazing to me and it's funny that you and I talked about your long resume. And, and, you know, I said to you, I'm like, Andrew, out of all the things on your resume, you didn't, you know, talk much about your uh, education. And you're like, yeah, you know, I just, you know, it's not a big deal. Like, it's a huge deal. It's awesome. And I think just the accomplishment in itself of, you know, going through that graduating college, I graduated college probably when I was like 23 or 24. It took me a little bit longer to get my degree. But you know, that's a huge ac- accomplishment in itself, and it says so much for your drive and who you are as a person. Now, fast-forwarding, you're working your father's business. Um, what was it in you that kind of, you know, made you transition from the masonry business to saying, like, you know what? Like, I want to really be creating something, like, above and beyond a home. And, and a home is a 
an amazing thing to build and I'm not taking anything away from that. So I hope that I didn't come across that way. But when I look at, um, the bikes that you create, it isn't just a build, like you are creating that from the paper to the floor, correct? Right. With the, with the masonry aspect of it. I mean, I had a longevity of that. I did. It wasn't just, I just uh, did it for a couple of years or whatever. I, and, and I, I wanted to make sure because I was building buildings that were outside of the home aspect of it. I was building hospitals, uh, like the Prentice Hospital downtown Chicago, uh, 18-story buildings, and I was doing that. And I was fundamental in it, and yet, you know, here's what I saw. And take it with a, just with a grain of salt. An architect is the visionary of what he wants to do. He puts together this drawing-wise, and, and then he needs someone structurally to help him how, figure out how to put it together. Uh, he may have the idea, but maybe the degree is not always there in the most interactive aspect of it. Okay. So with, with that in the play, after a while, I was wondering, well, I know how to build, and I know how to draw as far as in my mind how, to, how something should look. It got to be not mundane, but just something that I know that I could have challenged myself in doing just myself. And the one thing that I really enjoyed was motorcycles. So how about if I just start creating a motorcycle and see how where it goes from there? So that's where the company really started, um, my chopper company. That's where it really started, how you can create something in vision and know how to put it together, or at least challenge yourself in putting it together, maybe creating tools or maybe creating parts or maybe creating uh, uh, ideas of how one thing should go with another. And by doing that, challenging, that's how it got started. So the term bare bones in the aspect of my company, that's where I created it. It started from simplistic, minimalistic kind of okay. a situation. And then that's where it grew to. You know, I love that because I think when people see you and I'm going to post, um, you know, Andrew has a great picture that he sent for his bio and please, uh, on Facebook, do you have a bare bones chopper Facebook page or is it just your personal page? Cause I would love for people to follow you on social media on Instagram. If you're there, um, so I don't, are, are you Andrew Gordon on Facebook and Instagram, or do you have a separate Bare Bones Chopper page that they can find you? Well, a lot of that, a lot of that is linked to the to the website, the company Perfect. website. Okay. Um, there is a Bare Bones Chopper page of uh, Facebook, um, and Facebook under my name, you can jump over a link to or back from that to the Bare Bones Chopper company. Um, oh, perfect. The website, the reason, oh, go ahead. The, the website, it's totally awesome. I mean, if if you ever wanted to know a motorcycle event in the whole entire United States, it's posted on a website under the events page. So you could be anywhere in the world or anywhere in the United States and dial in where you're at, see what's happening that day, and then head out to an event. That's you know what? That's an awesome service you're providing too for just even your, the fans of your page. So yeah, please look up barebonechopper.net. Um, Again, that's barebonechopper, singular, .net and links to Andrew's Facebook and Instagram are there. And I'll also be posting those on the Raising the Bar page. And if anybody has any questions, comments, or feedback for Andrew, please feel free to uh, reach out again on his website or you can email me, Bar at gmail.com. You know, in our last few minutes here, you said something that struck me and you said, you know, you loved to challenge yourself and anything that you could create in your vision is what you wanted to carry, you know, through to the fruition of the actual object. And I, I love just you being here and sharing that because I want to encourage people to just take your story that in many ways, um, you know, it's a story of, of a journey through a, a career path, but how that statement alone can be applied to so many things. And, you know, my goal uh, 
as a person or the purpose of the show is to just encourage people to follow that vision. And, you know, here you went through school constantly challenging yourself or being challenged, but still made it through clearly with amazing academics. You go to Northwestern, you're building, you're in the masonry company, you're building homes and hospitals. And then you create this company, Bare Bones Chopper. And the and I love that that play on words is there because anybody that meets you today you have a great look. You have a a chopper look. You've got great hair, way better hair than I do, by the way. <laughs> great hair. You have the cool jewelry you're making and everything. I mean, you um, really exude chopper, but your demeanor is just so welcoming and friendly and intelligent that it's just, it is really great to always speak with you. And I always feel like it's such a, I'm fully engaged in just, learning from you. So I really appreciate and value that I have met you. And I just, I, I think your story can be so encouraging to other people um, that are maybe searching or stuck in a career where maybe they have the ability to create and maybe don't have the confidence to do so. Um, we're going to be back in just a minute, but I want to leave you with this question, Andrew, so that when we come back, we can kind of attack it. For when, when you were in that that moment of, um, you know, building hospitals and everything and, and really we're getting to, like you said, the basics, you know, creating bare bones choppers. Was there some kind of switch that flipped or something that tripped in your mind that said, you know what, now is the time to make a change. And I'm going to take a quick break, but that's my next question for you. Uh, everybody, you are listening to Raising the Bar. We are talking to Andrew Gordon today from Bare Bones Choppers, and we will be right back. Have you considered expanding your family through adoption, but don't know where to start? Are you looking to get some answers and direction on how and where to start? Reach out to the community at the Echo Foundation. The Echo Foundation offers five distinct areas of support. For those children in need throughout the world, we are here to support you and guide you through your process and beyond. For more information, please visit amybrado.com and click on the Echo Foundation. That's amybrado.com and click the Echo Foundation. There are over 147 million orphans and at-risk children in the world. It's a global problem, but you can make a huge difference. You can help from home or on the ground serving opportunities. Please visit amybrado.com and click on the Echo Foundation tab to request more information. Our vision is to build a self-sustaining ecosystem of ideas, individuals, and organizations equipped to carry out the mission of hope for every orphan in the world. Help us with our goal of helping every child in need. Visit amybrado.com. We go through all kinds of challenges in life. How we deal with them is a different story. If we carry them on our shoulders, we can experience health problems, relationship issues, and other negative aspects these challenges can pose. Jeanette Abney's Precious Predicaments is here to help you pick up and sort out the pieces through education and encouragement. You don't have to live in fear and pain. Let's find solutions together. Precious Predicaments is heard live every Tuesday at 11 a.m. Pacific Time, 2 p.m. Eastern on Voice America Empowerment. Are you ready for a health, life, and empowerment show in one? Then be sure to listen every week for Living Well with Ann Beal. Ann takes her long-running TV show to the Internet Talk Radio airwaves with guest experts and insight designed to help you live a healthy and successful life. By hearing from the experts and those who have found success, our goal is that you too will be motivated to do the same. Living Well with Ann Beal can be heard every Wednesday at 10 a.m. Eastern Time, 7 a.m. Pacific on the Voice America Empowerment Channel. Do you have complete control over your thoughts and your life? It seems like we do, but there are always outside forces that are wreaking havoc with that control. How do we get our thoughts back on track, so to speak? Listen for help. My thoughts are holding me hostage with Dr. Jeffrey Fannin. When you command the power of thought, you can achieve or have whatever you want. Make the laws of the universe work for you. Tune in every Friday at 10 a.m. Pacific Time, 1 p.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Empowerment Channel. 
most of us have experienced the loss of a loved one, be it a friend or family member. There are all kinds of questions and emotional pain that we go through, but you can move on. Listen for From Morning to Morning with Rabbi Mel Glazer. It doesn't matter what faith you are, or if you even have no faith, you are sure to find meaning in Rabbi Mel's words and personal experience, as well as that of his guests. From Morning to Morning airs live every Thursday at 5 p.m. Pacific Time, 8 p.m. Eastern Time on Voice America Empowerment. It's time to access your magic. Tune in each week to Living in the Magic of Possibilities with your host, Glenice Hughes. Our topics cover finances, personal health, business, relationships, mediumship, and so much more. If you want to access all that is possible in your life, listen to Glenice and her expert guests who've turned the impossible into the possible. Living in the Magic of Possibilities is heard live every Thursday at 3 p.m. Pacific Time, 6 p.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Empowerment Channel. Life is a journey which never gets easier. As we go through life, we just handle things better as we get to know ourselves. Listen for the Mental Sherpa by Theta Spring. Host Alexandra Janelli believes that each of us are pre-programmed with all the answers and tools we need to move through any situation life throws at us. It's discovering those tools and answers that will set us on the right path to enjoying and navigating life. Listen every Tuesday at 11 a.m. Eastern Time, 8 a.m. Pacific Time on Voice America Empowerment. You're listening to Raising the Bar with Amy Bredo. We'd love to hear from you with any comments or questions about the show. The email address is amy.raisingthebar at gmail.com. That's amy.raisingthebar at gmail.com. Now, back to the show. And welcome back. You're listening to Raising the Bar with my amazing guest, Andrew Gordon. Now, Andrew, I kind of left you with a really long-winded question, and I tend to do that. I apologize. Basically, I'm just curious. You know, you're a Northwestern grad. You've got this life going where you're up for the challenge. You're very academic, and you're also uber-talented and creative. What was the shift in your mind that said, you know what? Like, I love building. I love working on these hospitals and homes, but you know what? This is what I need to do. Was it was it something that happened over time, or was there just you know something that was like that aha moment? Well, there's two things I can tell you, and I, I might be long winded in this, so you can probably jump in and cut me off at any minute. <laughs> but but the the first thing is is we've already discussed about the challenge. Right. You know, at the time that I was thinking these things, you know the the norm was that we use a tenth of a percent of our brain. Okay, not one tenth, ten, not 10%, but one-tenth of a percent. Wow. And so when someone would create something, and you wonder why one person is good at this and the other person's not, or and the other person is good at this and the other person is not, you wonder, well, how can someone be that different or diverse in that aspect? Right. right. So what I thought is that if I challenged myself to do something that I've never done in the sense that that it would be, all right, I've never done this. I think I can do it. I'll try to do it, and I'll create it. Because in my mind, I've, it's easy to create something in your mind. It's just hard to make it happen. But I feel so, like even if I want to create a, a motorcycle in my mind, I, w- I would not have a clue. Like, I would need to take a lesson, <laughs> you know? So, well, so that is funny. such a special gift. It's funny that you say that because that's what the college, uh, McHenry County College, asked me to do is create a class to fill their curriculum uh, about motorcycles. And so that's what I did. They asked me to create a class. I created a class called Concept and Design. So I would meet with people and see about their personality, what their likes are, their dislikes, uh, what they want to portray of themselves. And create a motorcycle by, whether it be functionality, whether it be by looks, or whether it be by style, that's how I would create the bike. And I've done that over the years, and, and it's done really well business-wise, but it also gave the, the sense of accomplishment, because here's the thing about that, and I'll be brief about this point. 
I apologize for um, redirecting you. I apologize. No, no, that's okay. I, and I, hopefully I'm going to make it full circle. But, <laughs> the, but, but this would be that it would be a person that's sitting in a place and another pe- other people come in and they look at the person sitting there and they had already walked by a number of motorcycles that were parked outside the place. And they come up to this one person and says, that's got to be your motorcycle over there, right? Which one is it? Oh, and they explain it. And the person goes ear to ear with a smile and he says, yep. And the people would say, that motorcycle is the epitome of you. Just sit. That's awesome. And you know, the, the person, the customer that has that motorcycle, he or she is tickled to pink because that I portrayed their personality from an item that they always wanted. That, you know, it's funny when you told me about this class that's being offered at McHenry County College. For anybody that's local, you may want to look into this. It starts in April. Is that right, Andrew? Yes. Oh, actually, so that's tomorrow is April. I'm not sure the exact date. So I would love to get some information on that because I really would love for my son to take this course. He's at the college now. He has an engineering mind. um, And him being, you know, an Ethiopian kid in white bread America, and he loves that kind of stuff. Like, I would be so curious to see what his concept would be and how cool it would be for him to meet you, I think, as well. Well, I hope to see him. Yeah, absolutely. I'll I'll redirect. I'll go back to your initial comment. Yeah, do it. (laughs) I'm sorry that I'm sorry that I jumped ship a little bit. No, I love it. But maybe, maybe, maybe it could be a similarity. Uh, you asked me about why I changed. And yes. I told you a little bit of, you know, I was in the midst of, uh, what was it, Sturgis, and I was able to walk around and meet people, and I had this idea of this motorcycle, and I didn't want to tell anybody because I'd researched it and I'd studied it, and no one came out with anything like this and this and that. And so I'm like, I know I can build it. So I drew it on a cocktail napkin having a burger at a local place. Awesome. And uh, a friend of mine says, can you, you think you can do it? And I said, well, you know what? I, I know I'm going to do it. I just don't know how to do it yet. And so I created this. And by that one motorcycle, it propelled me to the Discovery Channel, being on a biker build-off, being in Sturgis years later as being a biker uh, build breakfast for individuals. I had people coming up to me at, at the table having me sign autographs and here i'm just the common person that built awesome motorcycles but i got thrown into the mix with a lot of good builders and still to this day i can make phone calls to some of my friends that were on the discovery channel and just bounce back ideas and that was really the culmination of why i did what i did i had ideas i executed them and i was able to be thrown in the mix of people that have done it longer than i have ever, but then the, the accolades of what I have accomplished from those people, that was really the culmination of why I did what I did. That's amazing. And, you know, you say um, you had an idea and you executed it. And, and I think that combination of having the idea, the ability to bring it to execution and, and meeting the right people in the right time, all of those things lead to success. But None of none of that happened. None of that would have happened, or the meeting with those people wouldn't have happened if you didn't take that kind of holy crap moment from an idea to executing it. And I just I love your story, and I and I you know just learning about what you did. Um, I've learned more about you today than I had even known before. So I think that's so interesting your your whole journey. Now, if people. You know, and that leads us to talk about, too, what, you know, now you're getting asked by the local college here to develop this class that teaches people to take an idea, turn it into a concept, get it into a computer so that it really can come to life. And now you've got uh, Northwestern asking you to speak, correct? Are they asking you to come into the engineering classes to speak? I know, you know, we don't have to share everything. It'll be a surprise, but... You know, how did that happen? How did that come about? Well, just like yourself had asked me some questions, I went to McHenry County College, uh, at their business center, and I said, hey, you know what? Uh, the economy is the way it is. I, you know, it's, I, I really want to add another feature to my business, and is there a way that 
you guys can come up with an idea and kind of give me a hand with something. And, uh, of course, I sat down, and they're like, okay, well, you're a business owner. Okay, well, what do you have to offer, basically, is how I felt. And then all of a sudden, I threw out these other ideas, and then it just, like, it opened up like a floodgate of ideas to them. Well, we didn't know that you did that, and we didn't know that you did that. Right. And so it's like I should have almost presented my resume, and then I said, oh, wow, okay. So they're the ones that kind of got on the bandwagon and said, you know what, this is what you should do. And so they're trying, in the midst of this, trying to put it together. And I don't mind talking about anything as far as uh, anything. You could throw me in any situation, and I will try to do my very best. That's a, that's a definite. And I think that's because that's the category of person that I've always been, not knowing good, bad, or indifference, even as a young person, but I just want to learn. And there's a tuition of learning. So there's a part on my resume about owning a restaurant and and working as a bartender and all this other kind of stuff. I did that. The bartender thing, I did that because I had a friend of mine that wanted to work at a place closer to their home. And so they were hired but never happened because they didn't open up in time and they were afraid that she was going to be let go of her other job if she went at, with this other place. Go ahead. Never I'm sorry. Up. You're there? Yeah. I'm still here. Okay. Sorry. I thought I lost you for a minute. No. So, so continue. Anyway, sorry. So, so, so I said, you know what? I'll be your crash test dummy. I'll go into the place, see if they hire me. And if they hire me and I do a good job and they like it, then I'll just quit and then I'll, they'll hire you. And so I was there two nights, and they made me the general manager of the place. <laughs> so I, I don't mind getting thrown into situations because, one, it's a twist. Wow, of that's amazing. They either really saw your talent or they didn't know what the hell was going on. No. So it, 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 I, I think they liked me being there, that's for sure. So, and I did well with it. And so I, that's why I say it. I think that challenging the mind, we all have to do that. If we get yeah, complacent. Go ahead. If we get complacent, then we just we get, we're mundane and we don't gravitate to a better uh, thought process or a better person. I think we just have to do our very best on wondering why something is what it is and how we can make it bigger or better. I mean, that's the way life is. We want our kids to be bigger and better if we have any. We, that's what we want. So challenge ourselves and see how we can benefit them and how it benefits us in any situation in life, any situation. Yeah, absolutely. And I, and I love what you're saying because I apologize. I think my um, headphones are cutting out a bit. I apologize for interrupting you. You know, I, um, you're absolutely right. And I think that, you know, a lot of people think that they're cut from this cloth and that this is what they're supposed to do and this is what their path is and they're supposed to look a certain way and speak a certain way and act a certain way. And it's unfortunate that a lot of people stifle themselves either out of fear, either out of, um, you know, fear that they'll fail, fear that they'll be judged, you know. And to me, I just, I absolutely agree with you. Like, don't stop just because it gets scary and don't stop just because it gets uncomfortable. You know, I, I, I think for you, you know, building hospitals and homes and all of that at the, at the time that that was happening, that had to be a, a really great return for you financially. And, and you've been very successful in your business now, but you know, that can be scary to break out of your comfort zone and do something uh, super creative or something that just absolutely fills you up. And it might not be what is uh, normal or mainstream to the rest of the world. You know, something you said to me struck me when we were talking about your resume the other day, which people seriously, it is 100 pages long. And I love that. You know, it's it's a lot of information, but it just it, it really shows, you know, how diverse your background is. But you said to me, I didn't have Northwestern on there because I didn't want people to judge me. Isn't that interesting, Andrew? I don't know if it's if it strikes you differently when you hear me say it, but you would think that anybody would want that in big, bright, bold letters at the top in neon, you know, but you are being the person that you are, you engage people at the core of their being. Um, and gosh, darn it, we only have a few more minutes, but I, I wanted to just tell you that, like, you are a gift to have on this show today because Everything that you are saying and encouraging people to do is exactly 
the message I was hoping to send. So I want to thank you for just um, your transparency, your honesty, and sharing, you know, everything about your journey and your thought process through it. Because I feel like it'll really encourage our listeners. Is there anything else that you would want to share with people in the last few moments here? Well, if I have like hmm. two minutes, that would be great. You sure do. Know. You have exactly one minute. <laughs> <laughs> one minute. Okay. Well, the thing is, is that you, you commented about looks and, and different things like that. And, you know, there was a time I looked totally different than what I, than what I do now. And it's only by choice. And it's, it's not by, you know, having to do it just because you're near motorcyclist kind of genre. But the thing is, is that if we stereotype people, that's the hardest thing. If we think we know who they are by their looks, then then we ourselves are wrong. And so you had made a comment, probably a reiteration of what I, I said and why I didn't put something down, is because if a person doesn't have sight, they wouldn't necessarily know what you look like or what you didn't. But from your heart, you can speak. Mm-hmm. And if you really do truly love something, that's what you're going to speak about. So no matter what your looks are, what perhaps uh, ailments that you might have, you yourself have to show the people from your heart what you're all about. And by that, and working diligently on anything that you want to accomplish, you're going to do well in life. You know what? Amen to that. I think that's awesome. And, you know, as we wrap up, and of course, we talked about how we could go on for hours. I would love to have you back sometime. I I think that would be great as your... um, speaking engagements grow in your class at the college and everything. I thank you so much, Andrew, for being on. Again, people, please go to Andrew's website and see what he's all about at barebonechopper.net. You can also find the links to his Facebook and Instagram. Also, you can find me on Facebook and Instagram under Amy Spitfire Bredo, uh, both of those on Instagram, Facebook, and I'm also at Amy Bredo on Twitter. Please feel free to contact us with any feedback at amy.raisingthebar at gmail.com. And we look forward to seeing you or speaking with you next week. Have a great day. Thank you for tuning in to Raising the Bar. Please listen for another edition with your host, Amy Bredo, next Thursday at 8 a.m. Pacific Time, 11 a.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Empowerment Channel. Now, get out there and keep raising the bar. Thanks again for listening to the preceding program brought to you on the Voice America Empowerment Channel. For more information about our network and to check out additional show hosts and topics of interest, please visit VoiceAmericaEmpowerment.com. The Voice America Talk Radio Network is the worldwide leader in live Internet talk radio. Visit VoiceAmerica.com. The views and ideas expressed on the preceding program are strictly those of the host or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by the Voice America Talk Radio Network, its staff, and management.